Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Yud in Yoma, daf Yud. <laughs> At the end of the daf yesterday, we said that uh, we quoted the Pasuk, Yaftel Akim Yefes, the Pasuk in Bereshis. It said that uh, Hashem will enlarge and make pretty Yefes, who was one of the sons of, uh, of Noah, Shem Chom Yefes, but the Yishkan Balei Shem, but Hashem will dwell in the O.L. of shame, meaning the descendants of shame, which was Shlomo Melech who built the base of Migdash. And the top of the page, Dafiud said, Afagav the Yefe, the Afdelikim Yefes, even though Hashem made it beautiful and large, as in the Farshim say, <clears throat> the uh, Korish's base of Migdash, uh, the second base of Migdash that he built was uh, bigger and longer lasting than the first one, as we said yesterday. It lasted 420 years versus the first one, which was only 410 years. Even though Hashem made that one, or Hashem through, you know, through Koresh, Hashem made the second one bigger and lasted longer. The Shechina was only fully rested in the first place of Shlomo's, not in the second one. So the Gemara says, why? Because we know that the Persians, right, built the second base of Megdush. Cyrus, Koresh built the second base of Megdush. So uh, how do we know, how do we know that Yefes is, is the Persians. Even though the second one was greater, the descendants of Yefes built it. Those were the Persians. How do we know that? So how do we know the Persians came from Yefes? It says, B'nei Yefes go gumagog. Okay, now this is a Pasuk in Bracious. Um, it says, Perik Yud, Pasuk says, B'nei Yefes, the children of Yefes, one of the sons of, of, uh, of Noah, Gomer Omaga, Gomadai Vyavan Vituval Umeshach Vesiros. Those were his sons. So we learn like this. Benefis Gomaga Madai Vyavan Vituval Umeshach Vatiros. Gomer Ze Garmania. That was a country called Garmania. Uh, sounds like Germany, right? Gomer Ze Garmania, but I don't think it was in that area. Magog Ze Kanadea. That was the second one. Madai Ze Macedonia. Sounds like Macedonia. Yavan Kamashmal, that's Greece. Tuval Zeb Beisunaiki, that's Beisunaiki, that's and Meshach Zeb Musia, and Tiras, what is Tiras? The last one. Notice the, of the children of Yefes, um, uh, which lists here how many? Seven. Gogma, Gogma, Yuval, yeah, that's seven. Tiras, the youngest one was Tiras. What is there of Tiras? Pligabar of Samai Rabbanan, Machlux of Samai Rabbanan, some say it was Rav Simon Rabbanan, Haramazu is best to Reiki. That was another name of a country there. The Haramazu Paras, that's Persia, modern day Iran, approximately is what uh, what we call Persia. So um, uh, so we see over here that Tiras, which is Paras, Tiras is the same as Paras, was a descendant of Yefes. In fact, it was the son, Tiras was the son of Yefes, and that is a, a modern day Iran or Persia. So therefore, we say that the Persians built the second base of Migdash and fulfilling the Pasuk of Yaftal Akim Yefes. Now, as long as he's on that area, the, the uh, Chumash goes on to say, who were the grandchildren of the Bnei Gomer, Bnei Yavan, and, and it says, they spread out, Uvenei Chum, Kush Mitzrayim put the Quran, and who, so uh, Noah's second son, says, Shem Chum V'yafes, Chum had children, Kush Mitzrayim put the Quran, and who were the sons of Cush? So the Gemara, the Pasuk goes on, Sva v'chavila v'safta v'rama v'saftacha. So it lists five sons directly of Cush. Sva v'chavila, safta v'rama v'saftacha. So in those words, 
The Gemara goes on to say, Safta, Varama, Vesavtacha, those last three, look at Safta and Savtacha, they're very similar names. Son of Yosef, Sakisan, Gavaisa, Vesakistan, Sakistan, Gavaisa, the inner Sakistan, and Vesakistan, Bryce. In other words, in modern day, at the time of the Gemara, when he said, when we were interpreting the names of uh, Cush's five sons, the third and the fifth son says, Safta and Savtacha, those correspond to what t- today, at that time, the time of the Gemara, was the inner sak- uh, Sakistan and the outer Sakistan. Bein Charalat Lachara, between the two is Mea Parsi. In other words, there was an inner city, the inner Sakistan, surrounded by the outer one. Between the two was 100 parasangs. That's like a large amount, maybe four or 500 miles. The Kefa and the circumference of the outer one was Alpha Parsi, was 1,000 uh, parasangs, like four or 5,000 miles. It was a, a large cities. Okay, and then it says, Pasuk goes on, we're trying to relate it, you know, to uh, to modern-day areas. Vati reishis mamlachto bovel. What is that speaking about? So, it, again, a few Pesukim later, it says that um, one of the sons of Cham, which was Cush, gave birth to Nimrod. Nimrod, the famous Nimrod, who, he was a, a strong man, tough guy. And it says he was a Gibbard Sayyid, Al Kenyomar Kenra Gracious, Vati Rashis Mamlachta, the beginning of Nimrod's uh, kingdom was Bovel, the Erech, Vakad Vachalne. That's the next passage quoted here in the Gemara. And this is again speaking about Nimrod. Vati Rashis Mamlachta, Bovel, the Aroch, Bovel, the Erech, Bovel, the Erech, Vakad Vachalne. Those four places. Bovel Kamashma, Babylonia, or modern day Iraq, approximately. Erech Za Orichos. That's what, that's the modern day at that point, Urichus, whatever that was, Vachatzeh, Baschar, and Kalmazeh, Nofer Ninfe. That was Nofer Ninfe, that was the, the modern word, the modern area for Kalmazeh. And as all these children of these various people, these were their areas and what the countries were named after them. Then the Pasuk goes on. Mina Aratzahi Yatsa Ashur. Ashur left that area. Rashi says over here he left that area because he didn't want to be part of the Dora Flaga. So he left that area. Who is Ashur? Is that Selik? The modern day, again, the, the modern Ashur at the time of the Gemara was Selik. But even as Ninveh, and he built, when Ashur, when Ashur went out, he built Ninveh, in the city of Rehoboth, Ninveh Kamashmo, the city of Ninveh, as was well known from Yonah. Rehoboth's ear zu Parastamishan. That's the city, that's the area, or the city uh, called the Pras of Mishan. It sounds like, you know, Frankfurt on Main, something like that. Pras de Mishan. Kalachzu Pras de Borsef. Two different Prases. One was the Pras of Mishan, one was the Pras of Borsef. Ves Resen. And then the Pasa goes on. So he built Ninveh and Rehobo Seir Ves Kalach, and he describes what those, what the modern equivalents of those uh, places were. Here we're not already even talking about, uh, we're talking about Asher as a person. Most of these places, you know, the places were named after them. But here we're talking about the places that he built. He's not even saying Ninveh was the name of a guy. It says he built Ninveh and Rechol Vesir Kalach, Ves Resen, and he built Resen, Bein Ninveh, Bein Kalach, between Ninveh and Kalach. He a year ago, that was a large city. So Resen is Aktisfon. What is Resen? The modern, was Aktis, the modern equivalent of Resen was Aktisfon. He heard Agdol when it says that was the big city. What is that going on? Any other day in Ninveh Agdola and Resen Agdola. It says Resen be Ninveh mekalach. He heard Agdola. Which one? Is it Resen or is it Ninveh? In Ninveh Agdola and Resen Agdola. Shu Omer 
Oh, in Yona, which of course we read on Yom Kippur, it says, Veninbe Hoysa, Ir Gedola, Lelo Kim, Mahal Shoshim, it took three days to cross Ninbe, it was a large city. So you see that Ninbe is called a large city. Ninbe is the large city. Now, where else do we have uh, uh, interpretations of names, trying to explain what the names were or giving them their geographic equivalents? So it says by in the Miraglim, in Bamidbar, it says over there they came across, they went to the south, and they met there, uh, they ran into the uh, giants in the south of Israel. It says, Vayalu Vanegev, they came to the, to the south, Vayavo Ad Chevron, they came to Chevron Vesham, who was in Chevron? Achimon, Sheshai, Betalmai, Yelide Enoch. These three brothers, the sons of the giant. That's what it says there. So who are these? Who are these Vesham? Vesham. It says Vesham, Achimon, Sheshai, Betalmai. These three giants, the sons of the giant. What do they mean here? Tana Achimon, Miyuman Shabachim. He was like the strongest, the most proficient of all of them. Sheshai, Meshem, or, or Shemesim, he puts the land like pits, meaning he's such a giant that when he steps into the ground, it becomes a pit there, just deep down. Talmai, why was the third one was called Talmai? Shemesim Asaretz, Tlum and Plum, he made the land also into ridges, like the, uh, the rows of a plow. In other words, they were such giants that when they walked, they, they made great indentations on the ground. Dovrach, another interpretation is that Achimon Bona Anat, Achimon built that city, all right, and the, uh, let's see, what does the Bach say here? Um, I guess Rashi doesn't have that uh, gear, so, okay. Why is it called Yilin Why were they called the children of the, uh, the sons of the giant? Anak, literal translation means a giant, but uh, Anak is also a necklace. In other words, they were so tall that when you looked at them, it looked as if their necks uh, went right through the sky, went right through the sun or the sky. Shavikim, uh, they, they, like they, their necks, it looks like their necks went right through the sky. There's how tall they were. That gave that appearance. I'm Meshubin Levi, I'm Rabbi. Asida Rome Shetibo Biad Paras. In the future, Rome will fall into the hands of Paras. And Farsham explained over here, before you start questioning history, is that, you know, the Romans aren't necessarily the Romans that we have today. The Persians aren't the Persians we had today. Today, these are all, you know, a lot of the, the Persians are, are um, sometimes they had Arabs there. Today, we have a, a nation that are Muslims, but it's not clear if those were the original Persians there. So you can't extrapolate from the Gemara and try to apply it necessarily to uh, the history as we know it. So he says, Rabbi says, I see the Rome, eventually Rome will fall into the hands of the Persians. Rome, which is Edom, the equivalent of Edom, and they conquered the world. So listen to the counsel of God. That he advised and counseled about Edom, which is Rome. And the thoughts of God, that he thought about the dwellers of Yemen, of Taman. If it won't be, in other words, what that means is this, is that um, if, if, the, if we're talking about the uh, people of Edom, what about those uh, people of Edom? So it says here, 
If the young uh, flocks, the young sheep or flocks will not drag them away, if he won't destroy their, their uh, habitation, their dwelling places. So here again, you see, uh, before, a few lines above, we said, right, Shemesim Esar's Kashisas. Probably there, probably is with a sin, meaning he'll put it like that. I'll make it like that. Here it's Lo Yashim Aleim. Destroy. He will destroy their habitation. So, and what that means is that he's saying that the uh, the young flocks will destroy Edom. Will destroy the Romans. Maskel Rabba Barula. How do you know that? My Mash with the at Son Paros. How do you know that with the that when he said the young flocks that refers to the Persians who will destroy the Edo, the Edomites. Why would you think that the ram that you saw that has two horns, who ufaras? Oh, very good. So the ram, which is the sheep, sheep is a uh, ram is a sheep, and it refers to the uh, the kings of Madai and Paras, right? Which were really related, which were really related because, um, as as we'll see, the, the they were they were intermarried. Uh, Mother and Paras. So you see that Paras, um, that the Persians will overtake the um, the Romans. Is that what you mean to say? Because the the sheep refers to Paras, and Par and you say the young sheep will drag away the Edomites. The who says Maybe it's the Greeks. Maybe it's Greece. Tchsev. Greece is also compared to uh, to compared to flocks. Tchsev. Vatsfir haseir melech yavan. It says there that the uh, the rough goat. Who is the king of Greece, right? So <clears throat> that could also mean. So maybe it's the Greeks who will overpower the Romans, not necessarily the Persians. So maybe that's that's what he asked. Mar says Kisalik Rav Chivu Bar Surmiki when Rav Chivu Surka went up there. So Omar Kamei Domer Abonan. He asked. He posed this question that Rav Abul asked. How do you know that it's the uh, that's the Persians who are going to conquer the Romans. Maybe it's the Greeks. Or Malay, Mandaliotaprushikrai, one who doesn't know how to explain Psukum, Mosef Tifta will ask such a question, the Rebbe. We'll ask Rebbe Kash, because Rebbe was the one who said, he was the one who said that, Rebbe Shubalevi said, name of, of Rebbe, that the Romans will fall into the hands of the Persians. So Rabbi Arul asked such a question of Rebbe. He says, if you don't, if you don't know anything, you'll ask such a question. Mites irates on, what do we mean by the young flocks? Zutradach, we mean the youngest of the brothers. And we had before on this page the Tani Rabbi Yosef Tiras Zeparas. When we said the first pasuk that we quoted, the first or the second pasuk that we quoted, what did we say? That uh, yeah, the youngest of the seven sons of Yefet was Paras. So that's what we mean here when we say the youngest. If you talk about Sphira Sayer, that could necessarily mean the youngest one. We said the youngest one. We mean. We mean Paras, which was Tiras. Tiras is designated as the younger one, the youngest of Yefet's children in uh, in the Pasuk. Ben Yefet and Tiras is the younger one. He said Tiras is Paras, is uh, Paras. So we see that it was the Persians who are um, who are going to conquer them because it's the youngest. The youngest of the sheep will conquer uh, will conquer the Romans, and that refers to the Persians. Also, he said a similar thing to what Rebbe said before. I see the Romans Paras that Romans will fall into the hands of the Persians. Not based on a pasuk, but rather it's a kalvachomer. Listen to this kalvachomer. Ma make the shvishin. the first make the shvishin. Shabanu bnei shame that Shlomo Melch built. The Jews built that. The sons of shame built the first place. Miyush vechivu kazdim 
and the, and the Kazdim destroyed it. That's Baal Sheitz, Arashi says. Right? And still, Naflu Kasnaim Biyad Parshaim, and the Kazdim fell into the hands of the Persians. Rashi explains that Biyad, he was fell in the hands of Dayavesh, the, the, the Mede from Madai, and the Koresh Aparsi was his son in law. Koresh Aparsi Chasna. So that was all, like we said, they were related. The Medes and the, the Madais and the uh, Persians were all uh, related. So fell into the hands of the Persians. So Mikdashen Shabanu Pashma, they themselves built it. And the Romans came and destroyed it. In other words, Marach, if the Persians took over something they didn't even build, they, they, they didn't build at all, so certainly something that they built and then was destroyed by the Romans, certainly the Persians will want to come back and take that away from them. So it's logical that since they built it, they will eventually take it back. Okay, eventually, after the Persians take over from the Romans, the Romans will again take over from the Persians. I understand. They built it. Why would it fall into the hand? Why would it fall into the hands of the ones who destroyed it? That's, that's God's will. Even though the Persians built it, the Romans and the, the Persians built it and they took it away from the Romans who had destroyed it, they will the Persians will eventually lose it again back to the Romans. That's God's decree. You can have some say that the Persians also. Uh, are not just builders. Inami Amuli told them, Inunami they still destroy our shuls, and therefore they're also destroyers. So therefore they're no more Zoha than the Romans. So even though the Romans were taken over by the Persians, eventually they'll 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 defeat the Persians. that the Persians will fall into the hands of the Romans. Chada the number one, because they also destroy our shuls and therefore they're deservant of of defeat. And that's God's decree that the ones who build it should fall into the hands of the ones who destroy it. The Melech Mashiach will not come until the evil, uh, the evil kingdom of the Romans will rule over and will rule over the whole world for at least nine months. As the Pasik says in Nicha, uh, the Pasik says, Lachain, Yitname. Hashem will give them at least for the time that a woman can give birth, until she gives birth. Well, that's a nine-month gestation period. And then the rest of his brothers, the rest of his brothers will return. And the Mepharshim say, what does that mean? It means that what will happen is, is that not only will he return, but the Pasuk says, the Yeser Echav Shal Melech Yehuda, Yehuda's brothers, Klom Ashar Shifte Shar Shevet Yehuda, Yeshuvun, right? Whatever the rem- the remnant of the Shevet Yehuda will return. Yischabru Im Sharashvatim with the other tribes. Veyula Mamlocha Achas Vleyechzu Oh the Shtei Mamlochos. In other words, whatever we say about the lost tribes, either they'll come back or parts of them will 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 unite with. Uh, the Shevet Yehuda, and there will no longer be two kingdoms, it'll be one kingdom. Okay, what does that mean? When does that, is that in the future? Is that, or did that take place already? Not clear exactly, but we, it's hard for us to interpret it. We don't know which nine months it's referring to. So again, we don't, we don't the, a lot of these things are, are open for discussion. Back to our Mishnah. So we said that the um, Kohen Gadol had to go into quarantine for seven days before he went into before he did the service on Yom Kippur. So from the third to the, through the ninth of Tishrei, <coughs> excuse me, he was he went into he was isolated in the chamber of the Parhedron. <coughs> it was called that name as we said because the Parhedron 
who were officials who were appointed anew every year, and and the Kohanim uh, Gedolim at the time of the second base of Middash also usually did not live out the year because they were Rishon. So it says like this, all the chambers of the Mishloim, they did not have a mezuzah. They didn't have mezuzah. It wasn't a dwelling place. Like shuls, shuls, we put, you know, we put mezuzahs on shuls and batamedrish, but halachically it's not necessarily required. So kol lishchos, shoyeh b'mikdash, shloyeh mezuzah, they didn't have mezuzah. Chutz mi lishchos, except the prayer, didn't shoyeh b'mikdash, because they had a place to live. As we said, they had a cotton there and uh, some supplies, maybe a little refrigerator, and they had a place for the coin gadol to live. So that was a base dira. It was a residence, the coin gadol. So the Tanakhama said that Lishka Spartan had a mezuzah because it was a dwelling, it was a residence. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. What do you mean? Just because he stayed there a few days a year is not considered a residence. There were many chambers in the basement. They also had a cotton there for somebody to sleep, whatever. They didn't have a mezuzah. And therefore, mezuzah is not required in a place where it's not a permanent residence. And the reason why they had a mezuzah, they both agreed that there was a mezuzah. But the Tanakhama says the reason for the mezuzah is because it was a residence. Rabbi Yudah says that's not considered a residence. The reason there was there is a It was a a decree. What's the decree? We'll see later on the Gemara's going to explain what the decree was. According to Yudah, everybody agrees there's a mezuzah there while the Kohen Gadol was there. But the Tanakhama says there was a, there was a mezuzah there because it was a regular residence. Whereas Rabbi Yudah says no, it was a because if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't have a mezuzah there, people will say that the Kohen Gadol, who, who was forced to isolate there, uh, is in jail because it doesn't even have a mezuzah there. So it's like he's forced against the well, It's like he's been put in jail. So it's exactly People shouldn't say that. That's where Buddha's reason is. My time, why does Rebuta say that Meikar Adin, you would not require a mezuzah? It's not a residence. My, my time, Rebuta if it's not made for all year round, it's not made both for the summer and the winter, ain't a base, that's not considered a house. So he says, therefore, that's why other chambers there did not have a mezuzah, and this one didn't require mezuzah either. It's not a residence. It's got to be a permanent residence. It says, says, I will smite the winter house and the summer house. So you see it's a house, even though it's just used for winter or summer. It's called a house for the winter, house for the summer. It's not called a house. Just called the summer house. Summer house means you only use it in the summer. You don't use it in the winter. Or vice versa, if it's the winter, you use it in the summer. But it's not called a house. And according to Judah, a house must be a permanent residence for it to be required to have a mezuzah. So therefore, there was no... So again, everybody agrees it was a mezuzah here when the coin gala was there. But the Tanakhama says it's because it was a residence. And Judah it's not a residence unless you live there all year round. Now we're going to have a tough kasha on Rabbi Yudah. Sukkah sechag. What about a sukkah? Nobody puts a mezuzah on their sukkah, right? Because we all like the Tanakhama. Sukkah sechag, echag. Rabbi Yudah says, Yechayi v'na sukkah v'cham Of course, we, nobody puts a mezuzah because a chum say, that's a diras aroi and doesn't require mezuzah. Rabbi Yudah says, Yechayi v'na mezuzah. So here you see, Rabbi Yudah says, even though it's not used for the summer and the winter, it's only used, you know, seven days a year, and still Rabbi Yudah says, Yechayi mezuzah. But Tani Lo, we explained over there, Rabbi Yudah Machayev, Rabbi says, Yechayev Mezuzah, he says, Yechayev also in an Erev, a Mezuzah for Maisa. What do we mean by that? That means that if this sukkah opened up into a chutzah, which was shared by other homes, he would have to partake to be able to carry. In other words, to be able to make Erev Chatseros over there, he has to partake in all the residents of the Chatser have to partake in, otherwise nobody can carry in the Chatser. He says, so you have to, he, he's required to partake. 
and he's chayiv and mezuzah. In other words, when Buddha says mechayiv, what does it mean, chayiv, on the sukkah? Chayiv and erev, chayiv and mezuzah, and in meiser. What do we mean by meiser? Meiser, only chayiv in a Torah if you bring it into the house. If you, otherwise, otherwise you could eat something, achilas or raw, you could eat something just temporarily, just want to take a bite out there. If you haven't brought it into the house, it's not chayiv and trumas or meisers. So he says, you know what? It has a loch of a house. If you bring it into the sukkah, you're chayiv to give meiser in a Torah. So uh, here's the problem. Your Buddha just said, if it's not a permanent house, he's not chayiv mezuzah. Here he says, the sukkah is chayiv mezuzah. What's going on? Maybe he'll tell you, no, 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 no. Rabbi's not really saying you're chayiv in a mezuzah menatorah, as he said in the case of the lishkas parhedon. It's only drabbanan because of exera that people shouldn't say he's locked up in a jail. But uh, over here also, maybe it's only drabbanan. It's a bishlam eir mezuzah eklam eim drabbanan. You could say, okay, listen, he has to partake in an eir. An eir is only drabbanan. Anyways, we according to most of we learn an eirvin, right? That midaraisa, it's a, it's really rishosayochid. It's only midarabbanan. Okay, fine. So maybe he's only chayiv an eir drabbanan. Mezuzah is also midarabbanan. Mezuzah people put it up on a garage. People put it up on Bate Medrash and Bate Knesses, Bate Knesio, which Minatora, according to most of you're not really Mechayev to put it up. So maybe it's only drop on it. How can you say Meiser's drop on it? If you say that, that uh, it's only drop on it that he has to give Meiser, that comes out of Takala. Why? Because you know, in order to be Yotze, in other words, to make this Tevel, take it out of the state of Tevel, make it edible, you have to give Tumas and Meisers. Now, if you have produce, which is Chayev and Tumas and Meisers, Midaraisa, and, and other produce, which is not chayiv, you, that's potter, so you can't give from up to chayiv. The only way to give proper trumasis is to give from chayiv on chayiv, something which is chayiv and trumasis, you take a portion of the effort trumasis, and you give it on the rest of it, and the rest of it becomes edible, becomes cool and ready to eat. But over here, if you're saying that it's only drabona that you're chayiv and trumasis, so maybe food that you brought into the sukkah is only chayiv and drabona, not chayiv, it's really potter, you can't give that and potter up your other trumasis, which are chayiv and derisa, or the reverse. A reverse, if you give trumas meisus on something which is chayv minatar, on something which is potter, that doesn't work either because you're not giving it really, you have to be mafresh from something that you're chayv on, otherwise it doesn't work. Tosis and others ask, but you have many cases like that in Shas, that's where it's clear and it's no question about it, but here you might get mixed up. So how could that be? So we have a problem over here. It's apparent that, that Rabbi Yudah holds that by sukkah, you're chayiv to make a mezuzah in a Torah, because if it's Rabbana, Maishra is a problem. So when he says you're chayiv in Erev mezuzah, at least Erev, you could argue that maybe that's the only Rabbana in any way if it's Erev v'chatzeros. But, but mezuzah and Maishra, is do raisa. Even, and, and therefore, how could he say, first he says, by Lishkos Pahedon, it's really potter, because it's only a temporary residence there for seven days. In order to be chayiv mezuzah, you chayiv all year round. It's got to be a residence all year and a permanent residence. Sukkah is certainly not a permanent residence. So the Gemara says, Elam Rabbaya, I'll explain it like this. No, You're right. You're right. On, in the seven days that he's living there, even Rabbi Yudol said, You're Chayv Minat Torah. Because he's living there. He's living there during those seven days. He's Chayv Tevamazuz there. Keep Pligi Bishayim Moshashan. The other, the Mamachlokis is the other days when the Kohen is not living in the Lishkas Parhat. And Rabban and Sabri, Gazrin and Shayamos, Atta Shiva. Because since you're Chayv, in on seven days minat Torah, Chayv Mezuzah, you're living there. So you're Chayv the other days too, even though you're not living there. It's Xera because of the se- seven days. Since you have a, you have to have Mezuzah there during the seven days. So you have Mezuzah there the rest of it to only draw bonum. Rabbi Yudah Logos Rina. We don't make such Xera. You know the only reason we do make Xera is for a different reason. Not, we're not gozer the, the, these days, the, the other days of the year, because of the seven days, and say you're chai, the, that the, that the Lishkos Parhedon is chai in mezuzah. We only put a mezuzah there for a different reason. People shouldn't say that, that people should know that it's a base dira, 
that it, that it's Kadesh uh, Tamil Circus. We don't we we have there. Should, people should know it's a it's a base dira gemura during the seven days, and they shouldn't say that the coin during his seven days is uh, is um, uh, has been quarantined against his will, and like he's like any he's been uh, incarcerated against his will in a jail, and therefore. Uh, and and they shouldn't say that, and therefore they say it's really it is a resonance, but it's only for a different gzera. So according to this, we're saying that Rabbiuda and Rabbanan both agree that when you live there, even temporarily, you're chayiv in a mezuzah, right? Even that temporarily, you're chayiv in a mezuzah. But the Rabbanan say the other days of mezuzah, you're chayiv, the other days of the year, chayiv in mezuzah gzera because of these seven. And Rabbiuda says no, we're not domek gzera, different gzera. He does hold of it, not this gzera. Amalei Rava va'sukas achayiv b'chagtani. How can you say that? How can you say that everybody says when you're living there, seven, while you're living there, you're chayiv, Torah. But the sukkah sachag, b'chag tani, Rabbi Yudah says you're chayiv on sukkah. And the Rabbanan say, even though you live there during the seven days of sukkahs, you're potter. You, know, you don't have to uh, live there. Rashi says, You can't say that, oh, we're going to say now that everybody says, while you're living there, you're chayiv for sure. While you're you're chayiv for sure. That's not the case, because by sukkah we saw that even though while you're living in the sukkah, you're potter, according to Rabbana. Elam Rava, the machlokas is different. Everybody agrees that during the other days of the year, both when the Kohen Gadol doesn't live there, right? When the Kohen Gadol doesn't live there, you're potter from sukkah. And when certainly in a sukkah, it's not lived in, you're potter. We're talking about during the seven days of the when he is uh, isolated, the seven days before Yom Kippur, that's the machlokas there. Meaning, they argue there that Rabbi, the Chachamim say, Yechayv in a sukkah, Yechayv uh, in mezuzah, rather, Yechayv in mezuzah, and Rabbi Yudah says, Yerpat mezuzah, because it's not a permanent residence. So, since it's not a permanent residence, it's only used the seven days a year. It's not a permanent residence, it's not a, it's not what's, what the structure is not a, it's not a, it's not used as a residence all year round, and therefore it's not a permanent residence, and Rabbi Yudah says the only reason why you're chayiv is because of the gzera that people shouldn't say that he's incarcerated against his will. And therefore, but think about it now. Now we're saying that when it comes to Lelishchus Parhedrin, Rabbi Yudah says, you're really putter from sukkah. It's a gzera because people shouldn't talk about incarceration. You're really putter. But on sukkah, he says during the seven days, you're chayiv on sukkah. So what's going on? The sukkah tam tam In other words, the machlokas here is really reversed. In the Lishchus Parhedrin, the Kohen Gadol, the Rabbanan say, you're chayiv in mezuzah during the seven days. And Rabbi Yudah says, you're really potter, except for the Gzeira, you're really potter. By the Sukkah, it's the reverse. Sukkah, by Rabbi Yudah says, you're chayiv in mezuzah. And uh, the Rabbanan say, you're potter. So the answer is, is because the two things are not the same. We're talking apples and oranges. Lishchus time l'chud, the Sukkah time l'chud. Sukkah time l'chud, Lishchus time l'chud. They both have different reasons for it. Sukkah time l'chud. Rabbi Yudah says that by a sukkah, you must have the equivalent, you can't have something that just blows down. Remember the Machlok at the beginning of sukkah talks about, can you have a sukkah with the walls of which are 20 feet high, or 20 amas high? The Rabbanan say it can't be more than 20 amas high, then it's like a permanent residence, and, it's, and the sun is not coming in, uh, the, the, the shade is coming in from the walls, not from the sun. But Rabbanan says, Rabbi Yudah says, no, you can have it even more, because Rabbanan say more than 20, uh, Rabbi Yudah says, even if it's more than 20 amas, it's kosher because you have to have good walls, strong walls. You need something that has the character of a permanent residence. So sukkah, diras kevabinan, umachayv mezuzah. Since you need something, you can't have a flimsy sukkah. Rabbi Yudos, it's got to be the nature of a permanent residence, even though you're only there for seven days. But it's the, it's the, uh, the, the structure has got to be a permanent structure. 
the structure that, that can last. And therefore, it's chayv mezuzah. For a tamar, No, you only need a temporary residence, and therefore, you don't need something that's so strong, and it's not chayv mezuzah. That's the machlokus by sukkah. So, in Hanam, holds that by sukkah, it's a daraisa. You need a mezuzah, and you're chayv an erev, if it's, uh, even if the, the erev is only rabbonan, and you can be chayv a meiser daraisa, because it's a, per, it's a permanent residence. By Lishka is a different reason. Rabbanan say, even a place that the person is forced to live there, it's, he's in there against his will. He has no choice. And it doesn't mean forced, like forced at gunpoint. It means that um, he's forced to live there against will because he has to leave his house, his family, etc. So, Dira's Balkoch is also called Odira. So, you have to have a mezuzah there. Uh, that's the reason why. Not that it's not a permanent residence. A permanent residence, from that point of view, he says, like Vaisuka, you need something which is a strong, has the character of a permanence to it. So it would be Chayev. But the reason, the reason you're putter is because something you're forced to live in is not something that nobody would go into of their own volition. Somebody he's forced to live in, he's got to leave his wife and his family, is not called a Dira. Right? It's like, like, a, like a jail cell. Uh, the Rabbanan say you should put him that he shouldn't say he's in jail. shouldn't say that. But technically, since he goes in there against his will, something he doesn't want to do, that's not something that's not called a residence. A residence is a person, a place that you want to live in. Farshim say here that uh, said that Avosuka Sachag is not considered Balkarcha. Why is that not considered Balkarcha? Because also uh, God's telling him, leave your house and go into the sukkah. Isn't that also forced? No. Because he doesn't have to leave his house. His wife and kids are there. Well, he goes back and forth. And also because he can build, he can build wherever he wants. So it's not called the Balkoch. Balkoch is like, you got to go into jail. You got no choice. You know, you got to go into uh, Sing Sing or you got to go into, uh, into the Lishchas Parhedrin against his will. He had no choice. That's called, that's called against his will. And Rabbi says, against your will does not require, is not called a dira, even though it's permanent in nature. It might be made out of brick, but like a jail, right? But uh, that's not called a dira, you're not chayv and mezuzah, except they said, put a mezuzah on this, people shouldn't say he's in jail. Who's the author of this b'risa, which says, all the easterly gates, in other words, the, you went into the base of Migdash from the east, right? From Harazesim, you could see the the openings, and you went in there all the way through the Hechel, etc. So, Kolosham Shayisham Loyam did not have Mazaza, Chutz Mishar Nikner, except Shar Nikner, Shalifnimi Melishkas Parhedrim, because right inside the Shar Nikner, the famous Shar Nikner, was the Lishkas Parhedrim, and Lishkas Parhedrim had a Mazaza, as we said, according to everybody, you had one. The question is, what was the reason why you're Machayev in it? Why you're Chayev in it? According to Rabbanan, because it's a dwelling place, and according to Rabbuda, that people shouldn't say he's in jail. Uh, but uh, so since Niknar opened up to Parhedrin, that also required a mezuzah. So who does that go? The that goes like the Rabbana, not Rabbuda. Why? But everybody agreed that Parhedrin needed a mezuzah. But D. Rabbuda, if it goes like Rabbuda, the reason, according to Rabbuda, why he had a mezuzah in Lishlam Parhedrin was because of the people shouldn't talk, right? So by non Nakim, Nakim, Xayra, he says, the, the Brysa there says that all the gates there did not have a mezuzah except Shar Nikner because that led into the Barhedrin. But the Barhedrin itself, you only needed one because of a Xayra that people shouldn't say he's in jail. So why would you make one on Nikner which would be a Xayra for a Xayra? We're gonna, that's only a Xayra anyway. You're going to make a Xayra, Xayra. According to Rabban and say no. Barhedrin was a permanent place. It was a dwelling place even though you're forced to go in there. It's considered a dwelling place. Dearest uh, Balkoch is Shma Dira, as we said, right? Rabban Tamayo, um, Rabban Seydira is Balkoch is Shma Dira. So, okay, that's so your Chayv one mezuzah, 
And this one leads into that. So you say, since it leads into that, you could be chayiv and mezuzah. But according to Rav Yudah, that parhedon itself was exer that people shouldn't talk. So we're going to make exer exer. Like Mars says, no, I feel time I could even go like a Yudah. Kul It's all one exer, meaning anything leading in to the parhedron, including the outer gate, the niknor, uh, people shouldn't say, people, you should have a mezuzah. People should not say that he's in jail. All right, we'll pick from here tomorrow. Mitzvah, Tanner, Have a good day, everybody.